Hello, everyone out there in podcast world. I hope you're having a great day. You're listening to the Service Business Mastery Podcast. I'm your host, Tersh Blissett. Today's episode is going to be a recap uh, year to date. Not really year to date. Uh, since the last time we talked about Icebound. Uh, what we've done different, uh, things we've changed, things that have worked, things that haven't worked. Uh, as you know, if you've listened to this podcast for any length of time, I try to be as much of an open book as possible. Uh, hopefully nothing that I say in here is an error. I'm going to try to be as 100% honest and open book as possible. Sometimes I honestly just forget things. Um, so I wrote down a handful of topics and we're going to talk about those things on today's episode. Okay, so topic number one is going to be pay structure. How I pay the guys. I get this question a lot in the groups and we talk about things. I see it a lot on different Facebook groups. How do you pay your guys? What's the best way to pay your guys? What works? What doesn't work? Uh, how do you manage guys whenever you're getting paid a certain way? And I keep saying guys. I don't just mean males. I just That's just what I say for my teammates. Uh, men and women in the field and in the office. I'm not going to dig down in this rabbit hole, not right this second, but uh, all of our, we're 100% remote. So if you haven't listened to this podcast for very long, you may not know that we're 100% remote, 100% paperless. We're in the cloud for every single thing. If you send something via snail mail to me, it's going to get scanned and put into the cloud. The pay structure for my dispatcher. Uh, is a salary. It's a salary plus commission base pay. Um, she will make just shy of $50,000 this year. Uh, that's the goal anyways. Um, well, my goal is for her to make a lot more than that, but um, that's what the pay structure is set up for her. I'll break. I'll go into detail with that in a minute. First, I'm going to get started with the technicians, um, the install crews. So, we sub installs out, but any installs we do in house, uh, we pay piecemeal. So they're just paid a flat um, fee for for whatever they put in. Uh, it equates to about if they do a change out in eight hours, uh, it equates to about forty five dollars an hour. Um, they enjoy that, I guess, but they have to do they have to jump through hoops, probably is what most technicians would consider it. I require pretty strenuous things to be completed. I want the jobs to look good. Um, and then they must report, you know, measure quick report. I need to see that the systems are being pulled under 500 microns and a decay test is performed. Pressure tests are performed. Um, as you know, if you anybody listens to the HVAC Shop Talk um, and you've watched any of Zach's uh, videos, you know that the decay test isn't 100% foolproof, but I still like to be able to sleep better at night knowing that uh, the decay test was performed and I've done my due diligence to make sure that the system's not leaking before we commission it and give it to the customer. Um, blue painter's tape, if nobody's using that, use it. Uh, we I make them put blue painter's tape on the units before they mastic it. And then we started doing something different. 
give me your feedback on this. Let me know what you think about it. But we actually take and uh, spray foam the the plenums now. Uh, it's something that I learned from Adam. Uh, he's out on Charleston, um, Flaherty. Adam Flaherty. Um, he's been on the podcast before. I was at his house whenever they were first getting it uh, a system put in uh, this past summer or spring. Uh, my my son was there in Charleston at a soccer tournament and I stopped by his place and I checked out his system and they spray foamed his duct system and I thought that was a really cool idea. So spray foam looks kind of goofy whenever you're putting it in or spraying it on duct systems and everything. And it's, I mean, it's a cool concept, like really cool concept. It's not going anywhere ever. Um, So you don't have to worry about duct leakage issues, uh, which is a, really cool concept in my opinion but it looks really goofy so what i like to do is take some plastic and then have blue painters tape with the plastic and cover the whole unit up because overspray is like it's crazy on that and then tape it off spray foam it and then pull the painters tape off and then it's like a perfect line and it looks like it goes from this perfectly smooth ac unit to this rough uh spray foam it's kind of cool nice little contrast nobody's really going to get up there and ooh and awe over your ac unit but i i don't know taking pride in in workmanship is that's part of the craftsman side of me i guess um before and after pictures of the units i like to have them i don't post them as much as i should um a lot of people say that my social media game is on point, but I could kind of argue with that a little bit. We, I do share about 150-ish articles a, uh, a week. There are different articles I've read, but uh, just a little trick in that. I'm not going to go down this rabbit hole either because that's a different topic. Uh, social media is so easy if you pay a program like Meet Edgar 20 or 30 bucks a month. And it will actually put out five different um, copies. Well, why am I having a, I'm having a brain fart. Five different versions of the same article for any kind of article that you put out there. Uh, and then it posted on several different social media sites. So you have LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and uh, and then you put the RSS feed into the system and then you read the article and then approve it and then it shares it up to five different times. So you have a lot of lot of touch on different sites. And also you, you can put it on your any of your pages. You just can't put it on your personal page, which kind of stinks because there's some really cool articles I'd like to share to like friends and family, but it doesn't do personal. It only does your pages and your groups, um, which is, it's all right. It's cool. Um, and then with our actual blog post on the website, it will post those instantly. So as soon as I put it up, it posts it up to five different times on several different pages and sites and stuff. So kind of get it shared out there. Um, one other thing really quick. Okay. I'm sorry. I apologize in advance. I'm just really excited about this. Uh, I was at an event a couple months ago and somebody mentioned this. It was one of the marketing companies 
really, really great guy, uh, Chris over at, um, Rhino media. Uh, we've become friends since then, but, uh, if you post a new page on your site, tweet, uh, tweet, 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 tweet the link. You can tell I'm not a Twitter person. Tweet the link, uh, and then Google will pick it up quicker, and so you'll get ranked faster for that. Just a little tip or trick uh, that I learned from Chris. With that being said, let, let me actually get into what this topic is supposed to be about, and that's the pay structure of the technicians. So the pay structure works this way. Every tech makes $10 an hour. Um, that's just like their base pay. That's what I call it is their base pay. Um, and then we go from there. So if you work 40 hours, you're getting paid 40 hours times $10 an hour. Uh, if you make, if you work 30 hours, you're getting paid $10 an hour for 30 hours. If you work 42 hours, then your, your regular 40 hours is $10 an hour. Your two hours after the fact is time and a half. So it's $15 an hour for each hour. So it's just like normal pay is just $10 an hour. So here's where it kind of gets complicated for some people. So some people it's not, it's, it's really easy once you've done it a couple of times, or if you write it down on paper, it's even easier. But for every billable hour that you have, I pay an additional $18 an hour, $15 an hour, $10 an hour, um, $20 an hour, whatever the additional pay is. So if a technician bills out 40 hours and works 40 hours, and their base pay is $10 an hour, and then their billable hours, their billable pay is $18 an hour, then they're making $28 an hour for the 40, the 40 hours that they worked and billed. It rarely ever works out that way, but uh, it's usually, they're usually billing about 30, 35 hours for every 40 hours they work. Most of the time, that's about what they, they're doing. And uh, they average, so one guy's $18 an hour for billable hours and the other guy's $15 an hour for billable hours. Um, if they were both on hourly, hourly, they would be 15 and $18 an hour guys. Um, so it's not like I'm taking a $30 an hour guy and bumping him back to, you know, this pay, if it was a $30 an hour guy, you know, I would pay him $10 an hour base pay and then $30 an hour for billable pay. Uh, most likely that's how I feel like I would do it. So far it's been great. Um, and for, for all of us, because there were a lot of times where when we were really slow, like February, March, April, like really slow slower than I've probably ever been before because it was a mixture of a lot of combinations, which I'll go into later. Um, I was paying out more than what I was collecting by a long shot throughout those months um, in payroll and payroll taxes and stuff like that. So it really brought to light how little they were billing out during those times and how much time they were spending on the clock. Um, with that being said, if they do training, I pay a flat $20 an hour for training. We, Like I said, I don't have anybody that makes $30 an hour. So it's not 
a pay cut for anybody currently. And I don't, I, I don't know what I'll do if I do have somebody on the, the payroll that's worth $30 an hour. Um, I don't know what I'll do as far as when it, it does come tra- training time. I just want to make sure that they're not um, reprimanded for training. Uh, so like if, if you have somebody that's making, you know, 20 or $30 an hour, and then you tell them, okay, while you're training, you only get paid $10 an hour, then they're not going to be super excited about going to a week long training course, you know? So my thought is that if I do it $20 an hour for their, the hours that they're training, then it's, it's not as good as billing. Like if, if they were actually on the job site billing and everything like that, because I don't want that to be the case either. I don't want them to be like, Hey, send me to, you know, six months worth of training, uh, and paying me $30 an hour. So that's kind of my thought process with that. Um, paying them $20 an hour versus, uh, paying them, you know, $28 an hour for any time of their training. I, I give out spiffs still. Um, I spiff out just like any other spiff program. If they replace a, a secondary P-trap and add uh, a float switch, they get $20, I think, a contactor, capacitor. They have to be, they can't be the, the result, like they, they can't be the reason for the service call. But if you go out there and you find a weak capacitor, if you find a pitted contactor that's actually causing damage, it's, it's dropping voltage across the contactor, uh, and you replace it, uh, you get a $10 spiff for each one of those items, plus you get your billable hours, plus you get everything else. Um, you know, your job on the your time on the site for maintenance agreements, uh, for a one-year maintenance agreement, uh, you're getting $5 for a two-year maintenance agreement, you're getting... $10 for a three-year maintenance agreement, uh, you're getting $20. What did I say? Five, 10, and 15, sorry. Um, and so just like your normal spiffs, they're still getting those. If they sell a system, I'm still giving commission for sales. Uh, the, the techs are getting 4% uh, commission for anything that they sell. Um, and then I'm working a bonus structure. So we have a bonus structure also. And that is kind of complicated, not really, but it's based, it's a monthly structure. And as long as their labor percentage stays below 30% of the job, then they get either a two, um, I'm sorry, let me start over. They get a 1.5%, a 2%, or a 2.5% bonus on the total revenue generated uh, for that month, as long as their labor percentage stays below 30% of the total revenue generated. So that's a lot, I know. And you probably need to write it all down. <laughs> and I don't 100% know that it's scalable because when I'm doing hourly payroll, and I, I use ADP for payroll, when I was just doing hourly and I was paying the guys 18 and $15 an hour, it literally would take me like 10 minutes to do payroll, maybe. Uh, now that 10 minutes has turned into like a solid 45 minutes to an hour, which is still not bad for a full week's payroll. But uh, if I had 20 or 30 service techs, I could see that being kind of confusing and complicated. 
another thing that I've kind of done to help that out is that on the on Sunday afternoon, everybody gets a an email with their last week's billable hours, and that's automatically sent out with, by Service Titan. So the technicians know, like, if their billable hours are way off or if they're right, because they also they can keep track of what their billable hours are on each service call. Um, but then when they get their email at the end of the week, then they can compare their numbers versus the numbers on there and uh, can come to me really quickly and say, hey, these are right or these are wrong. Uh, and they also get their timesheets emailed to them that day too. And they, they sign off on them and send them to me. Letting me know, hey, there was a big, you know, error in my timesheet um, versus, no, it looks right to me. Um, and then they just, you know, go about their way. It's not like I take it like blindly and just put it into the system. I still double check everything, but uh, it's really cool to have that automation every e- uh, every Sunday, being able to send that out to the technicians so they have an idea. They know. They know what their hours are going to be, uh, and then everything has to be fixed and finalized by Wednesday. Uh, so that's all I have for pay structure. If you have any questions about pay structure, uh, feel free to reach out to me. That uh, That's kind of the next topic I'll talk about is kind of automation. So with the automation, a lot of people have taken me up on my offer of just sending me an email testing out my autoresponder. And uh, it's been really cool. I've had a lot of really cool conversations with those uh, those people. And thank you all for reaching out to me. It's been uh, cool. I've had some really awesome feedback. I've had lots of service techs actually doing it. And that was really a surprise to me. So uh, thank you all for reaching out. And service techs that are considering starting their own business, as you know, that's what this podcast is for, kind of answer some of those unanswered questions or unasked questions. And the technicians that have reached out, anybody that's reached out, it's been really cool because uh, one guy actually, he reached out and and mentioned that when he heard me say, test out the autoresponder, he was like, "Why why would I use that? And then I think it was the next day he said, someone sent him an email and then sent him another email or two, two more emails back to back within 15 minutes. And the last email was kind of a, like question marks, like waiting for the reply. And then he put in the autoresponder and it's just short and simple. And if anybody's tested it, you know that it's just very basic. Hey, look, you know, um, I'm doing, you know, I only check my emails twice a day or something. That I, haven't even, I haven't even looked at my own auto reply in a while. Uh, but it's it's just something simple that, hey, look, I, I check my emails twice a day. If you need assistance immediately, please call the office. And then I actually have one set up internally also. So if anybody with the same email address as I do or same domain in their email address, it sends them one that's, that says, hey, if this is an emergency, please text me because I only check my emails a couple times a day. In reality, I probably check my emails way too much, but at least now with that autoresponder, the client's set up for success. So the client knows that, hey, they only check their email twice a day. So if he, if he doesn't get back to me until this afternoon, then you know that's fine. And if there's, it is an emergency, then I'll reach out to the office and 
and see if I can't get something taken care of. And, and I give them an office number. And uh, just so you know this, with Service Titan, we have tracking numbers. And the number that, that is attached to that auto reply, the phone number uh, is tracked. So I know exactly how many times somebody calls the office from that uh, auto response through uh, Outlook. I use Outlook. A lot of my friends and colleagues, they use uh, Google Suite, the G Suite. I like G Suite, like personally, 100% G Suite fan. Uh, the Google, the Outlook is priced more expensive, but the more I use it, the more it's like, oh man, I don't know if I could go without it now because of us being 100% paperless. We all have the access to Word documents, Excel documents, uh, all that stuff. I don't have to keep getting it updated versions on desktops, uh, which is really cool. And then they have teamwork, which I haven't dove down into, but I'm really thinking about diving into to teamwork uh, pretty heavily because I've seen, I've been seeing and hearing a lot of really cool things about teamwork, uh, which is included in the in the Office 365 suite um, package, and then. The G Suite's really cool because anything Google related, you know, it's it just pops it in there really fast. So when I'm doing like YouTube videos and um, anything with the Google My Business, I have to put in a different email address than what um, the Icebound email address because it doesn't like the Icebound email address at all. Um, so that's why I was really considering the the G Suite too. Uh, and then the G Suite is also like half the price too, but I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's one of those things where it's worth the price of admission, <laughs> I guess, you know, it's one of those things like we, we raise hell about cheap customers and then we're, we're going to be cheap ourselves. Uh, but also, you know, you got to watch your costs when you're running a business, small businesses, they will, they will drain you for some cash. That's for sure. Uh, I was at an event recently and uh, Ari Mizell was the speaker. And when I say event, there was like 25 of us there. So it was like a super intimate event. It was almost like uh, Jason Gaynard, like dinner, mastermind dinner. It was really cool. Um, and for those of you who do, don't, do not know who Ari is, he has written several books. The last one was called um, The Replaceable Founder and is basically how to replace yourself as the business owner by using automation. And there's some really good stuff there. If you don't know who he is, check him out, read his book, read the, the latest book that just came out. Uh, really cool stuff. And he, he gave tips and tricks on using Outlook and how to set up, uh, clean up your inbox, that type of stuff, automation, um, using, uh, Trello as an automation tool uh, and then just all kinds of different automation training automation uh, there's this program that that he recommended which I haven't I haven't used it at all um, it's called process.st and basically it's a training program so for those of you who know like I, I do all of my training programs online at, like for my whole team. So I, I save them all on YouTube. And if anybody has a question about anything, they can just go to YouTube and, and 
there's a link. They're all unlisted. So I have hundreds of videos. Um, but I only think I have one published video on YouTube for Icebound. Uh, but process.st and then there's another program called Tranual, T-R-A-I-N-U-A-L. And these programs are basically training programs that if you have a question, you just search for this video and then it goes through the training process. So your processes and procedures, they're all saved there instead of on YouTube. Uh, the event I was at was at Mike, uh, Michael Ag- Agliero's place up in New Jersey. And one of the things he mentioned was that if you rely on YouTube, like we do, uh, at any point, YouTube can take the video down. They own the video. It's all their stuff. And I never really thought about it like that, but YouTube is free. Whereas like um, process.st is $15 per month per user for the business plan. And then uh, Tranual is $79 per month up to 25 employees. And then uh, $159 if you have up to 100 employees. And I mean, they're really cool. It's really great training programs. I, I think it might be worth the investment. But we are pretty small, so um, that goes back to watching watching your job costs. I mean, watching your cost in general as a small business. Uh, it's something that I think is a really good investment eventually, um, but not quite for us just yet. And I hate to be that guy to say that. Um, but I, I think that it's, it's something that I'll definitely do in the future. So that kind of leads me into the next topic, and that is uh, CEO Warrior, Mike Aguilero. Uh, I went to the SBE conference, which is the Service Business Edge uh, event, and it was really good. I mean, if anybody friends with me on Facebook, you you saw the engagement that I had. I'm usually a extreme introvert, I guess is the best way to say it, even though I am on a podcast and... 10,000 people downloading it every month. It's still, (laughs) for me to come out and actually talk to people is usually kind of a weird scenario for me. But going to that event, I was standing on tables, dancing and shaking pom-poms and whatnot. But (laughs) it's definitely um, a very energized experience. And Mike's actually a, an extreme introvert too. If you've ever seen him on social media, like he's he seems very outgoing, but he's also, he's a very, very much an introvert, just like myself. So it was pretty cool to see him uh, and learn about him and his experiences and everything he's gone through. Um, he and his business partner, Rob Zadati, grew a business and uh, they were doing 32 million, I think they were, when they sold uh, and it's a really cool program. He he goes through and explains everything that they did through their business and how it worked for them and how to make it work for you. Uh, it's multi-trade type stuff, but it's still one of those things where he's he's an open book. He'll tell you point blank if it worked for him or didn't work for him which is it's really cool because you talk to some coaches out there and they've never experienced it in the field. Like they've never experienced how to grow to $10 million. So they're telling you how to do a $10 million job. And then 
they can't truly tell you all the experiences that they've had with the $10 million. I don't know. It's kind of, kind of one of those things. Um, I, I use high growth coach also. So that's Nick and Anthony. Great program. They are very much marketing people and they're very, very good at marketing. And I think that, I don't think that you need to have just one person as your mentor. I think you can take aspects from several different people. So I have used high growth coach and CEO warrior successfully. Uh, I think they both have their own place. I think that they are both extremely valuable. And if you are interested in business coaching, they're both very great programs to look into. Um, not every program fits every person or company. Uh, I've used BDR in the past. I did not pay for them with Icebound or TriStar. I, I did it whenever I was, well, I started in 05 and was using them until like 2010-ish, 11-ish, whenever I left that company. Um, and I was the service manager, worked up to general manager, and I followed a lot of what BDR's principles are. And it's a really great program. I have some friends who use BDR right now, and I have some friends who um, outgrew BDR. Like they literally started with BDR and grew so successfully that um, they got to the point to where they were too large for BDR, which is a really cool accomplishment. And and as a coach, I think that that's a really cool thing. Like to say, look, you're you're too big for me now. You've grown, you've grown so much that that uh, and you've been so successful that there's not much else that I can offer you. Um, so it's kind of a a bittersweet thing, but really cool fact that you know they went and, and grew to something like 40 or 50 million dollars i don't know how big they grew but they were massive to the point to where they were too big for bdr um so bdr can definitely if you follow their procedures and, and policies and implement everything they can definitely get you where you want to go um practice s10 i don't know that group um but i've heard some pretty good things about it um gene slate he's does phenomenal stuff with uh, with technicians and and stuff like that, and getting your average ticket prices up there. They, he has a really cool program. Um, that those are the the main coaches that I I know of. Um, but I decided to use High Growth Coach because their program. I mean, they're like honest, like brutally honest to a fault with. Um, what will and what, like, just an open book. I guess the best way to say it. They, their program is is really cool. It's it's just a, a Kajabi program that you go through on your own pace. They can see how far you've done. They constantly update it. They constantly do mastermind uh, talks and everything else. For the fee that it costs to do that program, it is so cheap for what you get out of it. Uh, if you don't if you don't make a million dollars within the first year, it's, it's purely because you didn't follow their procedures. Um, that's the God's honest truth. That's what I believe. Uh, if you do everything that they say, you'll definitely, you'll, you'll increase revenue by a ton. Um, same with, with uh, CEO warrior. Like I went to an event there 
and came away with hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of revenue ideas they could be implemented instantly um, and that's the reason why I, I ended up signing up with them and so I, I'm in the program I believe in the program I think that the I truly believe that you should surround yourself with the five people that you surround yourself with the most that's who you're going to be like and uh, I don't want to surround myself with a bunch of local guys that are just complainers and like, oh, you know, the next guy in the truck, you know, chucking the truck, he's running the prices down, blah, 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 blah. Um, there's people in both of these groups that are in all different markets and they're all generating top dollar numbers. Uh I have friends that are in the Miami market that are, you know, that's a tough market. South Florida is a tough market. Uh, they have a really bad problem with unlicensed contractors and they, it's not uncommon. I've heard them doing uh, full system changeouts for $3,500. Like that's average ticket prices. And then everybody expects 16 seer equipment, which is crazy. I mean, our 16 seer equipment, you're going to, you're going to spend seven, eight grand at least with us for 16 seer um, and like their average ticket price is 3,500 cause that's what the market is down there. And so like, it's just to hear people that are in that market and then they increase their average ticket prices to something comparable to ours, uh, and still stay busy and, and booked out. Those are really good coaching programs. So if you, if you want to try something that I've tried and, and it's worked, those are two programs that are really good three programs that are really good um give gene a call he's he's got a really good coaching program for for service techs but i don't get paid for any of that stuff um that's just my honest opinion on those programs i've i've tried a couple of other ones that i won't recommend but i won't mention them on this program either because i told them that the faults that they had with their programs and they said they're going to fix them um and I also said that I wouldn't, I wouldn't badmouth them on the program. So, um, this year, well, that kind of leads into the, the to the next two topics, which is my focus this year, uh, Icebound's focus this year. So in January, we kind of, even in December, we really were taking steps backwards on purpose. Uh, so at the end of last year, we generated something like $720,000, but then we fired two, um, clients that both of those clients, I think we generated, we generated at least 250,000 probably from each one of those clients. So we fired $500,000 worth of the revenue we generated last year. Um, and it's, as asinine as that sounds and seems, we really wanted to focus on culture. Those people were really dragging us down. They made us hate life. Like you, you come into work and you, you're like, oh, those, that's who's calling us today. It's like, oh, this is horrible. Like I could literally go get a job somewhere and be better off. Even if they're gener even if they're paying us $250,000 a year, like I totally just, hated life listening to the phones ring and hearing that it was them. And I didn't even have to go on the service call. I didn't have to deal with the people. It was just bringing our whole team down. 
So I really wanted to focus on our culture internally and externally um, and also looking at profits. Uh, We generated a lot of revenue from those companies, but they really watched the numbers. Uh, So profits were not the best in the world. And the only way the only way I could take two steps forward was by taking one step backwards. And I knew that um, as it's been painful, like it's been excruciatingly painful uh, because during our old slow months, it was still not uncommon to do, I don't know, fifty, hundred thousand dollars Nah, not a hundred thousand, fifty thousand dollars during a slow month. Um, but then you go into January and February and you're barely doing 20,000 because you fired the people that would keep you busy during those months. Uh, that's a, that's a gut wrenching feeling. (laughs) I know some people listening have felt the same way. Um, but I just want to be as open and honest as I could be. It's, it, it really, it really sucked to say the best. I mean, that's, that's putting it the best way. Um, but what it did also do was I had a couple of technicians who were decent, but they weren't they weren't A players. They probably weren't even B players. They were solid C's, and it gave me the opportunity to let go of those guys. Um, and we didn't we never let go of them in a bad way. We we didn't. It wasn't any hard feelings. I'm still friends with them, um, but it was just one of those things where we were like, you're not when the when it's time to get it going like. When it's time to go, go, you're not going to be up for the task. Like you're struggling and we're slow. Um, so it's time for us to find you a new place to work. Um, and so we did. We, you know, reached out to some friends in the industry um, and made it happen. So there's no hard feelings. They're happier where they are, I think. Um, we're happier where we are, I know. And we've hired more people. Actually, today is the first day of a new dispatchers. And so uh, she's had some questions. We've done some Zoom calls um, and gone over a few things. Uh, She's doing training programs right now with uh, Service Titan, uh, which is really cool. They have have their training program online. So um, the culture is, is, and it's funny because some people say, you know, if you don't have a warehouse, if you don't have an office, how do you build culture? Uh, we still have a very strong culture within our business, and uh, we still talk. We communicate a ton throughout the day, uh, whether we're whether it's using a program like Slack or uh, video chats or Zoom. Um, still doing during the summertime, we don't do it as often because um, I value the guys' time, and but we still spend time meeting and having lunch or coffee or breakfast. And uh, in those events, we try to make them as uplifting and fun. We never do anything negative at those events. Uh, we don't do any kind of, hey, you know, you sucked last month type things. But uh, we still try to, to have that meeting uh, once a week. As uh, During the slow season, definitely we do it once a week. Um, and even if it's just to grab a cup of coffee and, and hang out for a few minutes, um, even the dispatcher will come to those events. In the past, Mark, uh, our, our past dispatcher that we forced to t- accept another job that was kind of his dream job, I told him that he'd, he'd be fired if he didn't accept the job uh, when he came to me and asked me about it. Um, 
he was at the breakfast events. He would come and hang out with us and everything. And, you know, we're still, we're still really good friends with Mark. All of us, uh, we see him all the time and, uh, he gives us shout outs all the time on the radio, which is cool. Uh, and it's because of those relationships that we've, we've developed and, you know, instead of harboring ill feelings, whenever they, he left, it was, look, we're going to harbor ill, Ill feelings if you stay, uh, because this is, this is what you came to us whenever you first started. You said that this was your dream job, uh, and it, now it's a reality, so you better take it. Uh, and then lastly, uh, Wit Digital. So I swapped over from Marketing 360 uh, and then moved over to Wit Digital. Uh, Marketing 360 is a big box marketing agency. They probably can do what you need them to do if you'll pay them a lot more than what we were paying. We were paying like $2,000 a month, I think, and we were not getting much at all. Um, Literally, like I had two months there where they didn't spend any money out of our our pay-per-click ad uh, fund, and which it was just so frustrating. And I was friends with... um, Stephen Christopher, he was on the podcast last year. I had already signed the contract with Marketing 360 whenever I met Stephen. Um, and we're also not like their ideal client. So it was one of those things where I didn't want to, him to take us on just because we're friends. And then he kind of seen what we were go- dealing with. I'd ask questions. I ask a lot of questions, as you can tell with the interviews and whatnot. But they worked out a little program so that they could bring us on and you're going to hear a lot more from wit whether it's steven or anybody you know on their team you're going to hear them on the podcast because we're going to start doing like a, a once a once a month follow-up on what they're doing on our website and it's not an advertisement for wit digital it's more so like tips and tricks on things that can be done to optimize your website that you can do or you can have your marketing agency do just to speed things uh, to help speed up your um your move to a number one you know a lot of people are saying like seo is dead and i'll tell you since going over to wit digital about 40 percent of our service calls are now coming from google and that's kind of weird because all they've done was optimize the website. They haven't changed the content. They haven't done anything crazy. Uh, it, they just optimized what was already there. And we went from one to two phone calls a month from the website. And I kept being told that it's a it's long game. You know, it's going to take six months for this to work and blah, 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 blah. And I knew that, like, I knew it's like, I know the SEO is kind of the long game thing where it takes six months to do things, but it's been like a month, maybe two months now with Wit Digital. And we're getting tons of calls from Google. Um, granted it is the summer. I, I understand that. And you're going to get phone calls anyways, but, uh, when people are Googling air conditioning company in Savannah and we're coming up on the first page, like that's, that's kind of a big deal to me anyways, whenever for six months they couldn't do that at the last company, but they were taking the money from me every single month for sure. Um, 
So I wholeheartedly believe in what Witt's doing and uh, Stephen and his whole team. And not only that, the amount of give giving back that they do to everybody in the service industry, like that's their focus. Like that's only people they work with are service-based companies. And so for the, them to give back as much as they do um, is really cool. Even though they're not ideal customers, they still will stop and answer the questions that they might have. Uh, that's kind of what sold me on wit. And, um, and, and Steven's actually who pushed me to go out to SBE for, for CEO warrior, which was really cool. He, he was out there and, uh, we got to hang out some at that event and we've come become really good friends, uh, since then. So, uh, I want to thank, I want to thank Steven for that. And like everybody at, at wit digital, man, they, they send me a video, like just randomly through the week. Hey man, we just seen this was happening on the website and you know lsa i had a question about lsa and um uh, the the google services and um, being google guaranteed and all that stuff and within like two hours i get a little video chat and then we're scheduled to do a zoom call together uh, and you know answer questions about it and what it is how to make it happen and you know, next thing you know, it's all done. And like, they just, the, the sense of urgency is there and it's just like, boom, you know, get it done. So I'm glad I didn't make a longer list. I was, I was writing it down and I was like, ah, this might not be enough stuff to talk about, but there's a lot of other things that we've done differently, but we're running up on the 45 minute hour or <laughs> times. So I, I don't want to bore anybody. If you, anybody has any questions about anything that I've said or mentioned, don't hesitate to reach out to me. Uh, my email is tersh at icebound.us. And don't forget, if you want to just try out that auto reply, the auto responder that I have, just put it in the, in the subject line, testing out your auto responder or something to that effect. It turns into a conversation 90% of the time, but uh, that's cool. Also on social media, if if you want to follow me, hook up on social media, whatever. Just slide into the DMs or whatever. I'm <laughs> just kidding. It's at Tershplicit most everywhere. I don't think that it's anything any anywhere else. Um, anywhere on any social media, I think it's at Tershplicit. Follow Icebound's page if you want to see the, what we're doing on social media. Also, uh, we are working on a pretty strict social media schedule that we're coming out with, hopefully by the end of next week. Um, and so it'll probably be, it might even slow down content a little bit, but it'll be uh, more consistent uh, content being put out. If you have any questions about anything that I do social media wise, let me know. I use currently I use Meet Edgar, um, but Buffer is also a great program to use. With that being said, I hope you have a wonderful week and don't hesitate to reach out to me if you have any questions about anything that I've talked about or any of the guests that have ever been on the program. I, I still have conversations and relationships with most everybody that I've had on the podcast. So. I hope you have a wonderful week and thank you again for listening to the Service Business Mastery Podcast, the podcast focused on service business owners, managers, 
and technicians who are considering becoming business owners themselves. We'll talk again next week.